This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Good morning to you. Give us a little jingle. Uh, and our all request. And uh, we're going to put on your all favorite song for you. Lunchtime. All request lunch hour for you. Triple eight seven two seven V E C K is our number to call. We'd like to get it on for you this uh, this hour. We're going to start with afternoon delight. Uh, Starland Vocal Band <laughs> from the year of our Lord, nineteen seventy five. And then Sticky Bums, <laughs> which is not really a song, but should be, or at least the name of a band. How is Sticky Bums not the name of a band? And by the way, where are the mm. Sticky Bums? Well, it's Thank a really you. good question. National Sticky Bun Day today. Don't forget, also, traffic and weather coming up together every four minutes on the twos. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's on the way. Clock doesn't work. Every four minutes uh, on the twos. I've been trying to tell you that that does not. Does not the, what? The clock does not work. What do you mean? Oh, we, the, do you mean we the got to get it. Okay. We're working on getting cl- the clocks fixed. Uh, plus, <laughs> morning is broken, of course, and we've got a crew out there to fix it right now. <laughs> You should know that Pat actually, that was him on the radio for many years. Uh, The the reason he can just rattle those off is because he did that radio in like Montana. It's very sad. For a long time. But very true. Very sad, but very true. South American country of Venezuela, uh, infamously known. Is that still a country? Yeah, apparently. Okay. Sort Mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. Known for its wide reaching socialist policies uh, that left the country devastated, by the way, has reached a point where its citizens are losing almost 20 pounds due to their lack of food. Yeah, see, that's what happens when uh, I don't, you let your country go to hell from socialism. Yeah, and I, that's starvation why I, diet. I don't understand why it's so popular with the left. Socialism, they, they don't want to admit it, most of them, but they love it. They love socialism. They love socialist policy. That's why they always talk about, well, in Europe, and just Sweden and, uh, and Finland, they're great countries and really well. No, no, they're not. No, it's not great there. It's, it's not fantastic there. They're, their standard of living is not better than here. Well, how would you know? Would you have a family member live in one of these countries for a while? I mean, yeah, two years in Finland, my son. 
two years. And their experience was awesome, and everything was, was perfect. Not awesome. Made him. It was awesome in the fact that it made him appreciate the United States of America even more. Really? Which was great. I loved that. So. And there were some things he, he liked about it, right? But I yeah, mean, overall. Sure. Oh, and he loved the people. Loved um, the people, but the, I mean, found them to be racist. By the way. Really? Yes. Much more so than Americans. So there's another little thing maybe we can dispel. Mm. Um, uh, found them to be like very racist against people. I mean, think of this. It's a homogenous society. Yeah, right. It's, it's five million white people all living together. And now you've got this influx of people from Africa or Asia. Um, and so they're having a hard time because they've never dealt with this and they're not diverse and they never have been. And now they're, they've had diversity thrust upon them. And when that happens, there is a transition period. There was in America. Um, you know, there, even Italians were different than the Americans that were here. And they had a hard time when they first came. The Irish had a hard time when they first came. You know, it takes a while to get used to each other, right? It, it just does. And you hang with people who are like-minded and like cultured. And, and so when somebody different comes along, it it's, takes a while. I mean, it's a, it's a t- typical white person who's had this bred into their experience um, that, you know, maybe they see someone who looks different than them uh-huh. and they're going to feel a certain way. It's just been bred into them. It's um, a good thing and, that that uh, is such a non-racial, like a post-racial uh, thing to say. Thing to say. That I thought that's what it was, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I'm not making yeah. skin color the focus here, other than the fact that I'm grouping all <laughs> white people into all a typical white group. together, as the um, president, the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, did when he said that. I mean, I don't like the way it happened, but uh, I will say uh, it feels good to say former president of the United States. Doesn't it? Feels pretty good. Yeah, it does. Feels pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, 93.3% of Venezuelans said their income doesn't support the cost for food. 93%? What a disaster. Reboot the thing. This country's in in trouble. Reboot it, throw it on Bitcoin, Um, just be done with it. They really, I guess, they really need potatoes. They can't afford those. Uh, 75% of Venezuelan population has lost an average of 19 pounds. Now, I've been now, gaining 19 pounds per week for several weeks. We found weeks. it here, yes. Uh, yeah, we did. We found it, all but of it. I'll give you an example. I went to a uh, grocery store the other day. Got very upset because I like to buy the potatoes in the plastic wrap that I can just microwave mm-hmm. for, for seven minutes. I, I, I like those because they're easier. I don't have to put them in a... I mean, I can microwave, I guess, any potato, but I like the ones that come prepackaged. Yeah, you can. Just, just pop it in there. Poke a couple and, holes in them. And, and they didn't have them at this grocery store I went to. Oh, no. Now they had, they had sweet potatoes that were prepackaged. I love sweet potatoes, right? And they had regular sweet potatoes, and then they had another. They had regular potatoes, tons of them, but they didn't have the ones that were in the plastic. And then they had bagged potatoes that I could also just throw in the microwave. Um, But I, uh, I didn't have that uh, that one particular kind, and that that made me angry. And here, ninety three percent of people. Can't, can't afford get, their basic needs. Can't get a potato. Yeah, can't get a potato. It's out of their price range. I mean, it is an incredible. Yeah, again, it makes really you appreciate sad. America even more. It sure does, does the produce department package those, or is there, are they separately from a from a separate company, or does yeah. the store do that? Of course, I don't know, but I believe um, I believe it's a separate company that ships them in that way because they're okay. the same. There's a label on them, and I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it in multiple stores, though that could be completely counterfactual. Okay. It's very possible that that. Well, we a, live I'm in not a studying. counterfactual why, world. And so. you know, it's one of those moments <laughs> where you fine. have where you have a conversation with Jeffy, and this happens often. Where you're mm-hmm. like, "Why the hell is he asking me that? I have right. no idea." 
But so for some reason, you know there's, some nugget, some agenda. there's some agenda of, as to I why, just wanted to know. why um, he thinks it's important. If the grocery store or a company does it, can you explain? Uh, in the days of running a produce department, mm -hmm. uh, in the past, and who knows when I might need that job again, mm -hmm. uh, that would be a good uh, side business for the produce department from the grocery store to be cutting potatoes in half. Because you cut melons in half and you charge more for them, you put little designs oh, on them, totally. and they charge, you make a fortune for the produce department, and people eat it up and they buy it. Instead of spending 99 cents on a, like when you, say a cantaloupe is 99 cents, you cut it in half, you got to charge 50 cents a half. Put a couple little stars on the side. I mean, you get. Oh, you don't even have to get that creative. I, I I go to the grocery store all the time, and I buy diced peppers and onions in a in a little box, and that's totally the grocery store. Oh yeah, that's, doing it. and that and for, instead that's of easy money for them, instead of eight cents, which is what the pepper and onion would cost <laughs> if I bought it and chopped it myself, yes. it's like one seventy nine. Yes, that's yeah. easy. But I am not taking the time. So to anyway, do you ever buy the cut up uh, fruit? Like bananas. Yeah, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Well, if you buy a, a bunch of bananas, maybe eight or ten in a bunch, and you buy strawberries in one of those big cartons, yeah. it might cost you uh, five, six bucks. Maybe, five, six like bucks. You buy one of those things in the round that where they've cut them up. And, oh, yeah. But the, you the know the energy. Oh, you yeah. know the energy and the technology involved <laughs> in cutting up yes. fruits. <laughs> It could cost you nine bucks oh, to do uh, that. Or a lot more. more than that. Or more. Yeah, because especially when they're, they're, they're set up nicely for like a party and they put in like the one little thing of like yogurt dip in the middle. But again, if, you, it's like 20, if you buy them whole, those two, what do you do with them when you get them home? I don't know. I don't know. What are we resisting? We're resisting know. cutting out vegetables and, and fruit. We don't know well, how, we don't how to know. do it. We don't, we don't have the technology. But it takes time. You have to then wash off whatever you cook it on. Correct. You got to clean the. You put the knife in the in the dishwasher. It's, it's like almost thirty too seconds much. of work. It's almost yeah. too much. And I, I just find it fascinating. Also, since you were talking about potatoes, because I mean, my, uh, you know, you just all you do is poke a couple holes in a potato and put it in a microwave. You don't need it packaged. I don't. Yeah, you know, you're right, and I know that intellectually. But it's like the it's like the you know like the uh, the bottled water thing, right? Like, the bottled water might not be any better. Uh, than the tap water, right? Mm -hmm. like, this is why the Alexa Pure is important, right? Like because it can it can filter out things that are even in bottled water, uh, let alone tap water. But the point, there's something in my head that thinks I have to buy the one that's already wrapped. I don't know why. I mean, I guess you could just do it, right? I don't know what the difference is. And to most, be honest, most microwaves have a potato button, and you just hit that bad boy, and you're good. I don't know if mine has a potato. I don't think it does. But still, I don't need a potato button. I no, know you it's don't. seven minutes. Right, I, I assume that the packaging for a baked potato, yeah, w is uh, packaging would uh, keep in the, some of the moisture. This is what uh, I'm gonna, uh, what I kind of believe, so it doesn't get dried out. Is that uh, true? I don't know. I mean, again, I, don't know. I like capitalism, and if this company's <laughs> taking the time to package that potato, I want to buy it. But you're right, I don't, I have, I have no idea because okay. like they haven't, the, they have the bags as well um, uh, that they come in, and the, the little red potatoes or blue potatoes yeah. or yellow potatoes, and they come mm -hmm. in these little bags. And you throw that yeah. the whole bag in the microwave, and you microwave it for I don't know seven or eight minutes, and it comes out, and they're all really delicious, and you have all the little potatoes. However, it's just a bag with a couple holes in it. Correct. Like it's not like they didn't invent some new way of cooking things. That's it's correct. A, it's they just did. a bag. But they charge me nine times the price, and I buy it anyway because I'm an idiot. Join I'm us every day at ten minutes after the noon hour for produce pontification, <laughs> right here.
and traffic and weather are together every four minutes on the twos. I gotta say, Potato Talk Tuesday is better than James K. Polk Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. Thank you. Yeah, that. That's coming back. All right. Um, now this is kind of interesting. It's a video. You're speaking in third world nations mm -hmm. and nations you don't want to live in. Uh, North Korea is another one. We a video has surfaced. And this is not in North Korea, though. Um, this was right. This, this, is, right. this is because of North yes. Korean leader Kim Jong Un or Un uh, killing his half brother. Um, apparently, this shows the point of him being poisoned. Yeah. At an airport. Um, where was he? Uh, in Japan? Was he in Japan? Uh, I think he was in Japan. I know he he spent mm -hmm. a lot of time in Macau. Uh, Malaysia. This um, says Malaysia. So he's been all over. And he he. The interesting part about this guy is he's not interested in becoming uh, the head dictator of North Korea. He not doesn't anymore, want it. He's not. Well, he's certainly not now, but he no. didn't want it the whole time. He got. Um, he was initially supposed to become mm -hmm. uh, the leader of uh, the dear leader of uh, North Korea, and then uh, Kim Jong Un's mom, who was the uh, the wife of Kim Jong Il, after so they were, had different moms. And this is Kim Jong Nam. Nam. So Nam was was going to get the gig. And then Un's mom came into the picture and was like, you know who you should give it to is my kid. Uh, now, I know he's bo both of them are your kid, uh, Kim Jong-il, but you should give it to my kid because my kid's better. So Kim Jong-il agreed with that, gave it to Un, which is amazing. Un beat somebody out for this job. It does not look like he's even capable of speaking, but he still beat somebody out for the job. And so Nam fled the country, and Nam's like, ah, you know, screw this. I, I've got money. I'm just going to party. I'm just gonna, you know, go gamble. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna party. I'm gonna have fun. I don't want anything to do with that whole North Korea situation. I'm not trying to take your gig. Keep it. I don't want it. Well, apparently, uh, Il or Un did not believe that. Yeah, I mean, if you're Un, you don't believe that. No, Un doesn't believe. It. I mean, he's killing everybody in his family. Yeah. Um, so I guess we have video now of the moment this happened. Uh, let's watch. So that is, uh, that's him, I guess. Yeah, they show it around the corner here. Okay, yep. there he is, right there. Uh, looks like he's wheeling a little suitcase. No, he's the guy. Oh, in the he's circle. the guy with the <laughs> with the bag now. <laughs> is he bald? And I think he might have a hat on. There. Oh, and a woman walked up behind him, and wow, that's interesting. So then he asked the airport workers for help. So he didn't keel like, over keel immediately. Over right but he's not doing. He does not seem to be walking. Then he sort of waddled off. Uh, they show him into a special area, and he doesn't look very sturdy. So can we see the moment? Can we play it one more time? I want to see the moment that, uh, that wow, this actually happened. That's really weird. Yeah. Can we see so that again? He's standing, he's standing there, and someone just kind of does something to him. But you can't really see exactly what, and then flees. And he's standing there. This is a bizarre story, man. Yeah, it, it sure is. is. The women approach him, and they can't really see. So, yeah, okay, here comes a woman. Oh, she grabs him, and she does something to him, and then yeah. takes off. Mm. That is really weird. Wow. She must have, I think, it looks like she jammed something in his neck, maybe. Something, something over, over his, his mouth. mouth? Really? Okay. Mm. And so they take him to a medical area, and he died mm. en route to the hospital. Jeez. That's sad. Looks like an older brother, huh? Like a much older brother? I think it was an older, older brother. I don't know that uh, it's much older, but definitely older. Um, so there you go. He was, he was uh, I guess he was in his mid-40s. He looked like he was older than that. Yeah, because Kim Jong-un is only 30, 32, yeah. somewhere in there. Uh, mid-40s, died shortly after the <clears throat> attack. Uh, autopsy is going to be released uh, probably tomorrow, it's looking like. 
Um, so mm. there you go. Wow. Um, we should find out what that substance is, and then Jeffy, I have to meet with you later. First, find out what the substance is. Well, yeah, it's after that. After, if I, I mean, unrelated. And then I obviously. wonder if we could just obtain it so we, you know, you know have what it's it. Like. Uh, and you know, see what it looks see like, what it looks like and see. how it operates. I mean, and we already saw that it works. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, you never know how it. No, but we didn't. On... We didn't see the actual substance. We don't know what it looks like. Right. We, don't we know need how to find out first of all what it is. The delivery system. How to get it? Would be how the to next get thing. it? All Maybe of that. We're so. on like uh, some deep web thing. We get yeah. some of it, and then you know, bring it over, bring it over to my office, and then we need to just just have a discussion. Um, okay. You know. About the. Mm-hmm. Uh, about no. the substance. Oh no 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 no! Totally. Separate from totally that. Totally separate Completely from that. Separate. What I'm saying is that we need to have a meeting. That has nothing to do with the substance. I'm just saying the priority list. you got to have a priority list in life. First priority, get the stuff. Right. Or find out what it is. Then get it. Yeah. And then we need a meeting. Okay. Um, so Can uh, we have the meeting anytime? Maybe you can stop obsessing with this, Jeffy. <laughs> and just do what you're told for once. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> we've had this on the oh, on the docket for a couple of days, and I really want to see the trailer to Get Out. Oh yeah, yeah. This, looks, this uh, is a like a horror movie, but it has racial tones, racial overtones. Yeah. So some, I guess, like some people who are like, oh, everything's about racism are complaining about it. But remember, it's a fantasy. It's a horror movie, right? I mean, yeah. so it's supposed to pr- create some ridiculous situation that could be exploited into uh, something that would scare you. Uh, so here it is, Get Out. You got your toothbrush? Check. Do you have your deodorant? Check. Do you have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know. Should they? Mom and dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bro. Meeting families, taking road trips. So come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn hey, hands hey, hey, your hey, damn hey, stomach. Hey, hey. <laughs> Jeffy's definitely in now. So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> <laughs> we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. smoke in front of my daughter. I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. Are you ready for this? I'm back in B. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how you not scared of this, man? Good see another brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! Yo! Bros, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Bros, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Bros! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Mom, it's a terrible thing to waste. Terrible thing to waste. People are getting nervous. <laughs> oh, no. No. No, 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 no. 
Wow. That looks pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't, they don't give much away, obviously. Uh, you just know something bad happens to black people at this particular real estate uh, location. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's pretty intense. I've heard really yeah. good things about it. And oh, really? they use the word bougie. And they do use uh, my word bougie, which... Uh... Do you think it's about sauce? Do you think it's about hollandaise sauce or bernays sauce? I don't it's my word. Uh, bougie my sauce. Word. They use my word. It's not your word. It is my word. It's not I, your word. Oh, my gosh. It's not your word. I have coined that. Are you saying you, word for, you own the you. word? Yes, I, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Whatever. Mm. It's my word. Well, I guess the people who kind of came my up word. with it were, didn't believe in ownership. <laughs> so I guess technically you actually might get away with that. Yeah, maybe. My word. All right, you know, uh, here's a, an actual fact, a lot like a Jeffy fact, but this is an actual fact. Your current phone carrier doing things behind your back that you don't want them doing. They're cheating on you. Yeah, with your money. I'm they're sorry to they're tell taking you. your money and they're giving it to people you don't want them to give it to. Spending millions, tens of millions of dollars to get conservatives out of office and to forward progressive agendas. Yeah. You look, now, look, you got Patriot Mobile. You have uh, options here. Uh, mm-hmm. Patriot Mobile offers everything that you'd expect from your phone company. You don't have to sacrifice anything uh, for this deal. You get nationwide talk and text, high-speed 4G LTE data, competitive prices, and they're going to donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. Sure, we should be willing to sacrifice certain things for things other things, principles that are important to us. Yeah. But the great thing is you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I love about this. Patriot Mobile will even buy out your current phone contract with credits up to $500. And yes, you can keep your phone number and get great nationwide coverage too, all while supporting conservative values. Uh, Also, call now. Patriot Mobile is going to waive the $35 activation fee. You just have to use the promo code PATANDSTEW. Nice. That's the name of the show you're watching, so it I should see. not be hard to remember. I see. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Pat and Stu or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Hi. It's Pat and Stu. Jeffy over there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Doofus. Just a goofball. Uh, Gally. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's that's more than we can possibly handle. (laughs) Uh, You know, David Barton and uh, Glenn took a look at slavery. And why don't they stop looking at it and maybe do something yeah, do about something it? Do something about it. You know? Like, for example, go to Bangkok or something right. and try to solve the real problem we have yes, today. right. Or Haiti. Actual slavery actually going on actually today. Actually, <laughs> they, they, won't, they won't do either of those, I'll tell you that much. Well, he, he is this week. He's going there. But, oh, um, all, oh, no, you know what? The slaves are fine Haiti. with you waiting till the end of the week <laughs> to go. You know what? What's a few more days of slavery, Glenn? <laughs> Good point, Stu. Thank you for making it. <laughs> In this particular episode, they they take a look at slavery. Take your time. I hope. Oh, uh, you know what? Take a boat. Don't even fly. Right. Ride your bicycle there. Give them as much time <laughs> in the slavery as possible before you do anything. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here's what happened. <laughs> This table right now is cluttered with faces that I would say 99.9% of Americans could not 
name one I will say 99.9% .9 of black Americans could not name one person right. at this table. And, and that's much more focused for black history than it is right. for, you know, you and I, like we say, we're Americans, we're not black, white, we're Americans. But most folks have no clue who these guys are. I will are. tell you that I can, I think I can name this guy. I know I can name her. Uh, and maybe him, maybe him. Who, who do you think he is? That's the maybe, huh? Yeah, that's the maybe. Is he the guy? Who is the guy that was with Washington his whole life? It was Prince. Pr Premise. Premise was the guy with Washington his whole life. That everybody thought was his slave, but he yeah, was. Premise. He, Premise. Yeah. That's not him? That's not him. Who is? Is he on the table? No, he's not. Oh. Okay. Well, he is on the table in this book. Um, th this book, now see, William Nell. Never. William Nell is the first black to hold any position in the federal government. So we're back, we're, we're back to the 1850 kind of, of frame. Before Abraham Lincoln. In, in, that, in that period of time, he is there, he's okay. active. So right. when he took office, I don't remember. Uh, but what's significant about him is he's the guy that did this book right here. And that's not a thin book. No. I mean, that's, that's, that's not thin at all. It's Colored from, Patriots. It's from 1852. Read the title on it. Colored Patriots of the American Revolution with sketches of several distinguished colored persons. Now, he doesn't spend a lot of pages on any of them. That's a whole lot of black people in the American Revolution. Wow. See, he's got short chapters on them. Yeah, very little. Very little that we get. Now, people used to know that. And then he also did this book that kind of added to it. See that one from three years later. Services of Colored Americans in the Wars of 1776 and 1812. And 1812. So now he's added more this. names. Nobody knows Nobody it. knows this. So this is That's good stuff. Fantastic. And a lot of the people we're talking about, including Premise, and the Premise is in there. Now, Premise is not out here because, as you said, we're just showing a few of the examples. Yeah. But let me, let me just take this guy. I mean, th this guy right here is a guy named Harry Hoosier. Harry Hoosier was... In the Great Awakenings. As in Indiana Hoosiers? Uh, close. It's the same kind of name. Okay. He was in the Great Awakenings. He ran in the same crowds with, with Whitfield and Bishop Asbury and Coke and all those guys, except he had bigger crowds than they did. Benjamin Rush, signer of the Declaration, said he heard Harry Hoosier preach. He said, he's the greatest orator I've ever... Wait a minute. You've heard, you've heard Patrick Henry. You've heard... No, he, he said, he's the greatest orator I've ever heard. Now, the deal with Hoosier was... He didn't like preaching where everybody else preached. He wanted to go out to, to people who hadn't been preached to. Yeah. And so he went as far west as he could possibly get. He went out to the wildest guys on the frontier where they do the rendezvous. And, where was uh, the wild frontier? Indiana. 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 <laughs> Indiana. Really? That was as far west as you could get. And So, as so he, you think of Hoosiers, all you think of is basketball. That's right. But with this Hoosier, he would preach to these wild guys. They'd get converted. Their lives would change, and their friend would go, what happened to him? He's one of those Hoosiers. And that's where the name came How from? How many people today know that Hoosiers is named after a black evangelist? That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Harry Hoosier. Wow. See, that's the kind of story that are I remember that the name there. I thought it was, Prince Whipple. 
Oh, Prince Whipple. Yeah. yeah I now, thought it was Prince Whipple. And the, and the crossing of the Delaware, Washington yeah. there in the book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oliver Cromwell and Prince Whipple, two black patriots with Washington crossing the Delaware. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Um, okay. Can I point out somebody who I absolutely love? Absolutely. Um, Phyllis Wheatley. Phyllis Wheatley is how old when she becomes known? Um, when she becomes known, she starts her writing career of poetry when she's 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So when she's about 22 or so, uh, she's a known poetess. Uh, let, let me back up and tell the story. She's six years old. She is kidnapped out of Senegal. She is brought to America. The ship lands in Boston. A white family sees this young black girl. That's not good. So they buy her as a slave because that's what she was, but they didn't treat her as she was a daughter. So they already had two daughters. They raised her as a daughter, but they bought her as a slave because that's what she was. Did they free her? Oh, yeah. Okay. And so instantly they put her in education. She's six years old, cannot speak a word of English because she is from Senegal. So she now, at six years old, enters into grammar, into math, into science, into Latin, into everything else. By the time she is 12 years old, she is writing poetry in English. So mastered the English language that you do all the rhyming and phrases and everything else that mm -hmm. goes with it. And by the time she's 22 years old, 1775, um, she wrote a poem about George Washington. Now, Washington's not that well known at this point. He's the new commander-in-chief of the military. He's appointed in 75. He hadn't won any battles yet. So she's really up to speed on the going on. She is connected. She's Boston. She's, she's you know, wow. with all the circles. And Washington, she, she writes this poem and sends it to Washington. Washington gets it so impressed by it. He wants to bring her to read the, the poem to, to the troops because she's just so, so phenomenal. But he's really embarrassed because the poem's about me. Don't think I'm promoting myself. I'm not promoting. I want you to see Phyllis. I want you to see what she can do. So he has her read poetry to the troops, to his officers, because she is so just phenomenal at what she does. She died when she was 31 years old. Really, she, she married, um, and the marriage was not a happy marriage. Uh, the guy turned out to be a real bum, uh, left her sick, destitute, and she mm. died very young. Mm. But she wrote so many phenomenal... She is the first black poetess in American history. She is... Everybody in America, most people in America, know the name Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. They've never heard of Phyllis, Phyllis Wheatley. And she's the Maya Angelou. She's the, That's right. the mother of poetry That's in right. America. And her, her poems were coming out published by the end of the American Revolution. So a published black poetess in America, first, first black poetess in America, published, point, and she has great points. She has a 1770 poem on the death of George Whitfield because Whitfield was such a significant influence. Wow. And so she's got this great, matter of fact, here's, here's her, her book of poetry, published book of poetry. And so she's got this, this poem on, on Whitfield on his death in 1770, um, on, on the death of Whitfield right here. Yeah, on the death of the Reverend Mr. George Whitfield. And I mean, as you read these poems, they're, they're pretty, they're rich stuff. This is not easy stuff that she did. I see. What is this one? No, that one, <laughs> this is so politically incorrect. This may be why nobody knows about her today. Because she became a Christian by coming to America. So she has this perspective on, was that God's grace? This is really short. Oh my, poem. Read I'm just this. reading. This is her poem on coming to America. Six years old. Wow. 
It was mercy brought me from my pagan land. Mercy? You came here as a slave. Holy Six cow. years old? Taught by benighted, uh, taught my benighted soul to understand that there is a God and there's a Savior too. Once I redemption neither uh, sought nor knew. In some of our uh, stable race with scornful eye, their color is diabolic dye. Remember, Christians, Negroes, black as Cain, may be refined and join the angelic train. Wow. Wow. So that, wow. that is a young, remarkable, remarkable lady. I'm white. She's a hero. She ought to be a hero to everybody. It, it, you, it's not a race thing. And look how important her faith was to her, was mercy of God that brought me to a place where I could hear the gospel and become a Christian. Now, all you Christians remember, blacks and whites. So the only thing that's really um, uh, incorrect here is that it was mercy that brought me from my pagan land. Mm -hmm. But she's chastising Christians here. That's right. Remember Christians. Christians, you remember. Blacks and whites. I'm going to be up there with you. That's right. Well, you remember that was what the scripture says in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's male nor yeah. female. I mean, this equality. So she's actually taken around by, by Benjamin Franklin, isn't she? Benjamin Franklin is the one, the one who helped show her around. She had, working in that Boston Circle, I mean, she was just esteemed and celebrated very highly. How, how, um, how rare is this book, David? Book, I've looked for stuff from that Phyllis book is Wheeler. very rare. Yeah, that, I, I that's, mean, that's a second edition. Uh, there were only two editions done, and that does not have the George Washington poem that came out in like the 1856 time frame because she gave that poem to Washington. Right. So, but this was here when she was alive. That's right. This, this, was this when is, she was alive. 1802. Can I ask how, how, about how much? This I don't is? even remember. I don't remember. Now she was dead at that point. She died oh. by the end of the revolution. Uh, so she died wow. in, I think, 84, thereabouts, 1784. This is the one that came out after her death. The one during, uh, during her lifetime, it came out in like 1783, I think, the year before she died. How many copies? Don't know that either. They're rare. Uh, if you get a first edition, you will pay up high in the five figures somewhere to get a first edition of that. And the second edition is not cheap. Uh, but it's, no I, one, you just don't see them. You just don't no see them. No one, no child in America has ever heard of Phyllis Wheatley. No, and they should. And I, I contend a handful. At least the Indiana people yeah. ought to know from their state How history. How many in Indiana even know that story? Yeah, yeah. Shameful. It is. Shameful. And yet all we teach about black history is, or, the, is, the, well, is the mash. That's the, right. The hatred, the angry, all, the, the anger, and, and that's just that's that's not the case. Who's this guy? <laughs> John Morant. He is a fun story. John Morant uh, grew up in the New York area. Was sent to South Carolina uh, to learn music, and so he's in South Carolina learning music. He's about twelve years old at the time. Turns out to be a child prodigy. Really good with I think violin and French horn and whatnot, and so he's giving concerts at the age of twelve. And in South Carolina, as he's given a concert, he said he went by a field with a friend one day, and there was somebody out in the middle of that field. He said, hallooing. Well, it turned out to be George Whitfield up on a keg preaching to a huge crowd that was out there. And so he went over to see what was happening. He's it's a preacher. His friend says, why don't you climb that tree, get up behind him and blow your horn? And so he's going to go up the tree behind Whitfield, disrupt the man. And there's, there's these... 
see the kid in the tree behind Oh, my Whitfield? gosh, look at that. So that's the kind of stuff that happened with Woodfield's meetings. You know, he, he's in the middle of the field hallooing, and, and this is not necessarily the one that John Morant went to, but it was very common for what happened with Whitfield. So there's all these distractions. So he's going to crawl up in the tree. And do, well, Whitfield's preaching away, and Whitfield's got his back to Morant. Morant's up in the tree behind him. And so Whitfield's just preaching. And just before John started to blow that horn, Whitfield whirled and pointed up in that tree and said, prepare to meet thy God. And he fell out of the tree. Just <laughs> boom, boom. He hit the ground. Well, he lays there on the ground like he's dead. He just doesn't move. And Whitfield doesn't do anything. Whitfield just keeps preaching. Well, after about 30 minutes, Whitfield finishes preaching. He goes over, picks the kid up. He's just been frozen on the ground all the time. Picks him up, takes him home with him. Next two days, says, young man, God's got things he wants for you to do. And, you need to. and so he talked to him about God and, and meeting God and having a plan. And so Morant becomes a Christian and says, I want to share what we feel. I want to share the gospel. And so he writes home to his family and he tells his family, he said, I've become a Christian. I, I, want, to, I want to share the gospel. And they write him back and say, don't ever come home again. We don't want your kind at all. So he's now been thrown out of his family. He's sitting there 12, 13 years old, and he now has no place to go, no family, a little discouraging. So he goes wandering off out in the woods and just disconsolate and walking around out there, bumps into a Cherokee Indian brave in the woods, and they meet each other, kind of like each other. Cherokee brave says, you got nowhere to go. Why don't you come hunt with me? So for the next 10 days or so, they hunt out in the woods together, and the Cherokee brave says, well, I'm going to go back to my village. Why don't you just come with me? you got no place to stay. And so Morant goes with him, and they walk into that village. When they walk in, the Cherokee chief sees John, and he's obviously not Cherokee. He said, you're not Cherokee, and he ordered the Braves to come kill him on the spot. So here come the Braves to, to follow him, kill him. <laughs> Did he say, prepare to meet your God? What he said was he started preaching to them in Cherokee, and nobody knows where he learned Cherokee. He started preaching the gospel to them in Cherokee, the Indian chief gets converted, and the Indian chief says, why don't you live among the Cherokee and just visit all the other? The other chiefs need to hear what you've just shared with me. He, 13 years old, becomes the first black American successfully to evangelize Native Americans. Spoons. Spoons okay. is coming up. Uh, which is very exciting, uh, but this is kind of weird. I I don't know why this guy is doing this, but he will eat a picture of Jason Siegel, the actor, <laughs> every day until Jason Siegel eats a picture of him. Wait, what? Yeah. There's a guy who will eat a picture of Jason Siegel every day until Jason Siegel says, hey, well, I'll, okay, I'll eat a picture of you. Uh, he's not, why would he ever do What's, that? Yeah, why would he do like, that? Like, I don't care if you're eating a picture of me. Go ahead. I don't know. In fact, this here's some internet. more pictures of me you can buy. Right. This is the internet, right? It's uh, yeah. what happens on the internet. It's people are fascinated on the internet by people who do very bizarre things for seemingly no gain. And this is one of those. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a look at this guy. I eat a picture of Jason Siegel every day until he eats a picture of me. And there it is. Okay. It's oh, a big picture, too. Yeah, it is. He's I was a big guy. I was wondering who Jason Siegel was, and <laughs> now, now know. I know. Right. But like, what? He's eating the border. You don't cut it out, so you don't have to. Weird. Wow. 
Now, this is just a desperate plea for Jason Siegel's attention, right? Like he, I think a desperate so. plea for is anyone's attention. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's more pure. And he really, I mean, it seems to be paper, and it seems to really be, yeah, he's eating yeah. it. Yeah. Wow, that's it. that's weird that and a really pointless weird and probably not good for you. So for and him, what like the ultimate win here for him is Jason Siegel to eating eat a picture, the picture of and they have this nice funny moment together. Then what happens? Right. So? Then it's over. It's it, you know weird. I like you know it kind of reminds me a little bit of like. The people who will be like, I, I'm asking Lady Gaga to yes. the prom. Yes. And then like mm-hmm. Lady Gaga's supposed to say, oh, I'm going to go with you even though I don't want to. But now I look like a jerk if I don't. So I will. And then they yeah. go to the prom. And then there's never really any story. There's no follow up. It's just like they went to the prom with Lady Gaga or whoever the celebrity is. Here it's even less because you're, you're getting no benefit out of it except, I guess, the incredible small amount of fame that comes from being shown on shows like this. Yeah. This is probably the attention yeah. is what you're right, Jeff. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be. But I mean his win is eventually Jason Siegel acknowledges him and then he feels important. Like this Yeah, is but the, how long does you're can, right. But how long does it go that. before uh, you know, before when he realizes uh, I've eaten Jason Siegel now for uh, yeah. eight, 75 days. Yeah, do we do we know how many days this I has don't happened? Know. Just Any, day three. Anybody know? He's only done like for the fourth day. He's on the fourth day of it. He's only in the fourth day. Okay, so. he's done this oh. four times. Big deal. Um, well, much Get back to me when it's 400. <laughs> when he's done right? it 400 times and Jason Siegel still hasn't eaten. Actually, if he yet. makes it that long, Jason might show up then. Yeah, right? maybe. At I some know. point, this becomes like, either it just goes away know. and no one cares. Right. Or it becomes a big enough kind of funny story that Jason Siegel actually participates. He's eating yeah. Jason Se- a again, picture of Jason Siegel 822 days. But again, it gets to that point where you think to yourself, even if I win, what have I won? I don't think this kid ever thinks that. No, I don't, no think probably so. not. I don't think he does. Um, if you think, you know, something else that uh, tastes only slightly better than paper is coming back, uh, making a comeback. Here's a commercial from the 1990s. So, you're all set for a barbecue. Look what my mom got. You're going to eat that thing? Brain food, Kevin. What's the classic alcohol beverage with burgers and dogs? I don't eat meat, you guys. Cheddar, Gruyere. I'm going to wait for my burger, man. Do you guys want whale? No. Oh, well, you're we'll putting that there. Where's the cheese? Look at that. It's burning. Oh, man, that's Give me more. Hey, are those free-range burgers? Who cares? Have a Zima. Don't let that touch my burger, man. Just, uh, see a bunch of guys on a roof. Just, uh, I don't know, barbecue some ladies there. I'm just going to have some Zima. Let's just hang out. <laughs> that did not happen, and that's why Zima failed. But it's coming back. It's funny. I was reading something about this as they did this. Oh, yeah, uh, Coors. Um, I think it was this article, but Coors um, said basically they screwed it up. Like, they, they had it out there. It was hot for a while. started fading away. Then they tried to change the formula. They did Zima Gold, which did not work, and then they just shut the whole thing down. I used to call it alcoholic Sprite. Yeah, that's pretty that's much, pretty that much what, it what it was. Like? Yeah, it was like alcoholic spray. Yeah, really. To me, I mean, that's how I used to remember it. Okay. Um, but it was not uh, not what I would call delicious. Uh, not not. I don't remember. I don't remember it being good, at all. I don't remember it. You don't at remember Zima at all? It was a no. kind of a cultural phenomenon really. for several years. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it was. I, I don't pay that much attention yeah. to alcoholic yeah. beverages. Why would you? Right. You, you know. Yeah. Why not? All right. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Got an episode of Spoons coming up. Yes, food. Yes. Oh, Where's the food? food? If Zima does come back out, I think we should do a taste test on Spoons. Oh, we have to. We have to, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, not, you guys not, can do that. Not Pat, but Jeffy and myself. Why not Pat? Yeah. What the heck?
Spoons. All right, uh, welcome to Spoons. Uh, first of all, we'll lead off with Jeffy's special spoons today. Jeffy's doing his own spoons that we're not <laughs> participating in. I'm going to start. This is day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, me eating Pat Gray uh, every day <laughs> until Pat Gray uh, decides Eats to you. come and eat me. <laughs> Did he throw in a picture of in that sentence? That's great. What photo is that? That's from Houston. That's from was my favorite photo of Pat Gray. Uh, I think that's early years of Houston, too. Mm. Needs, I'll tell you, it needs some milk. That's nah. for sure. Yeah, so you got the milk reference in there. I nice. Hate, I hate him. Actually, nice. you could probably fit it in the, the milk it's reference good, in our product of today that we're trying. Uh, right. Are here. you really going to do that every day until I eat oh. a picture of you? Oh, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Good, yes. good. I'm excited. <laughs> Cinnamon bun Oreos are the actual product we're trying today. Uh, it's always are. Oreos. Oreo is the most inventive company on this planet. And Visco yeah. is a tremendous company. They're always no thinking of that. something else to do with this they product. Are. And it's a, it's a successful product, and yet they keep tweaking, and they keep bringing new stuff. Cutting and edge. Yeah. We're very excited so let's, about this. Uh, without any cinnamon. further ado, let's eat it. See what happens. Oh, that smells good. Does it smell like cinnamon? I, I will say, I'm a big uh, cinnamon cookie cake cinnamon type of fan. Cinnamon cookie Oreos. And for some reason, I got a defective one without a lid. Hmm. All right, well, let's uh, take. I like to take. They do smell like in cinnamon. In full buns. context first. Oh, that smell really the, good. They pass the smell test. They smell good. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Mm. It's good. It tastes like a crunchy cinnamon bun. Yeah. I mean, kind of. With there's the, not a burst of cinnamon that I was expecting initially, mm-mm. but the, it seems like, I mean, I, I, you know, I like to... It's there in the background. Yeah, it's kind of like a, an aftertaste a little bit. I'm going to try, because this might just be the golden Oreo cookie. Mm-hmm. That's what we have here, Pat. Mm-hmm. What I have here is a golden Oreo cookie with a cinnamon cream. So the cookie doesn't give you that burst of cinnamon I was expecting on the first bite, but it gives you that. Mm. They should have put cinnamon... In the cookie. A cinnamon cookie. Would that have been overload? Because I will say, this cream in isolation mm. is really strong cinnamon taste. I'm pretty good. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Overall, I like the cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give it, uh, on our scale from 1 to 18, which is the highest number Jeffy knows, I would say, uh, I'd give it, a, give it a 14. Really? Yeah. Pat? For the Nabisco? You know... I like it. I'm not a, I've said this many times, not a huge Oreo lover. We're good. I, I'm a fan of the company because, as I said, they're very innovative. Uh, but I like cinnamon buns, and this tastes kind of like them, and uh, they're good. Would you buy And I'm really hungry right now. So I know. Would you buy the product? No. I would buy these. I mean, but I think I would, too. I, I'd give it a 12 because I wouldn't buy them. Okay. I, I don't know what the standard is for actual purchase. What would you do, Jevy? What mm. number? If I was going to buy it, you got to go with what? 11 and a half to 12 and a half wow. would be a purchase, the product that you'd purchase. <laughs> 11 and a half. It's a Somewhere number. Somewhere in there, that'd be a product numbers. that you'd purchase. We really need you to come up with a whole scale of show. Like, this is the, you buy them at this area, you eat them yeah, at a party yeah. at this area. Yeah. If you got nothing in the house, you eat these. Uh-huh. What, would, what would Pat Gray be? I don't know. But that is really weird. Mm. Yeah, you're odd. Really you're weird. weird. You're odd. And you still didn't even get to his head.